0: All right. God bless you. My subject here today is the key to happiness. Praise the Lord. How many of you want to be happy? (laughs) I was thinking of that course. I think Brother Urshan sang that this past Sunday. I think he did. We are happy people. Yes, we are. Was that one of the courses he sang? Baptized in Jesus' name and say, "We are happy people. Yes, we are. We happy people. Yes, we are." been baptized in Jesus' name, spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. We are happy people. Yes, we are. Praise the Lord. And uh, the best way in the world to be happy in this life is to live God with all of your heart and all of your soul. And I want to put emphasis on living for God and giving him thanks and being thankful for what God does and what God is who god is and what he does for us all the time and give him much thanks much thanks give him much thanks i'm going to read three verses in the scriptures that tell us to be thankful and i'm going to talk to you a little bit about it because this is a characteristic that the lord teaches us that we should be very thankful to him because he's the giver of everything and that we should be thankful to the Lord, express our appreciation to God, be thankful to him, and say that, say that. So I want to start here by, first of all, telling us that the scripture here teaches us to be thankful to the Lord. I'm going to start with Colossians uh, 3.17. If you'll co- go to Colossians 3.17 with us. And uh, look at this verse of scripture. This is the very, the very first verse here. I'm going to go right across the line here. Uh, Colossians and first Thessalonians and Ephesians and if you look at Colossians three seventeen and whatsoever you do in word or do or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks notice that giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Praise the Lord now look at chapter four and verse two that's the very next Verse. That's the next chapter in the next verse, a second verse in that next chapter. And it says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So these are two verses here in the book of Colossians. Paul writing to them, is wrapping up his letter that he wrote to them and said, In all things that you do, just remember, be thankful unto God. Now I'm going to go to the First Thessalonians. I'm just establishing a Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. <clears throat> I'm going to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. Uh, and in verse 18 2, 17 and 18. I've got 17 here. This is 17 and 18. Look at verse 17, 18. Verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Verse 18 said, In everything give thanks. In everything, verse 18, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, he's telling now the Thessalonian people. Praise the Lord, give thanks. And then also we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 3. Ephesians 5 verse 3. And uh, in five three, this is the latter part of that series there those, those three scriptures that we've given you there but fornication and all uncleanness or covetous let it not be once named among you as become its saints neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient but rather giving of thanks and then finally Over in verse 20 of that same chapter in Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I've said all of that to tell you here that this is just a few scriptures here that tells us that we should be very thankful unto the Lord. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this Thanksgiving and being thankful, but it tells us to be thankful But one of the things that we must also realize is that the day and the age that we're living in is a day and age of being unthankful. And we have to put forth an effort and override that unthankful spirit that is in the world today that we might always express our thanksgiving and our appreciation to God for all the things that he is and he does. Praise God. So I'm going to have you go with me if you to 2 Timothy 3, uh, 3, 1 and 2 in your Bible. 2 Timothy, this is where that uh, some, it speaks about being unthankful. If you look at that next one where it says note here, this is where we are right here now. Note, a major characteristic of the last days and our present day is unthankfulness. Now look at uh, 2 Timothy 3 and 1. This know also that in the last days, that's where we are now, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Notice that if you have your Bibles, underline that word here again, unthankful. This is a characteristic of the last days, unholy. And I'm just going to add that it goes on to talk about in the next few, few verses. Look at verse 3. That's entry. without natural affection. That's homosexuality, in case you want to know. But it goes on to say, truce breakers, false accusers, and inconsistent fears, despisers of those that are good. And it goes on to talk about these conditions that are in the world that we know of today but the emphasis i'm putting on here is that this generation will be unthankful they will not appreciate anything that's right that's good that's from god whatever the lord has established praise the lord now i want you to go to number two here with me here here is one of the ways that we start in having happiness in our lives is to start and establish a good relationship with Jesus Christ. We have, to have that, we have to have that relationship with Christ. And I want to talk to you about this relationship because I want to talk to you about being thankful and how we express this thanksgiving to God. So if you look with us here then in Second Timothy, and uh, I'm sorry, and uh, let's see, in Matthew 16, in Matthew 16, if you look at this verse of Scripture with me, this is when Jesus was with his disciples, and uh, he was walking with them, and he was up in the northern part of Israel and a place called Caesarea Philippi. When Jesus came in the coast, of Ph- the coast here does not mean co- like on the water. It means in the area, in the, in the borders of it. When Jesus had come into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, now he's away from the general population of Israel at this point. He says to them, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now listen to me very closely on this. They said, some say that there are John the Baptist, some Elias, others, Jeremiah's, or one of the prophets. This is what all the people out there are saying who you are. Look what he says here in the 14th verse. Or over the fifteenth verse, he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Who do you say that I am? He asked them, Who do Ben say that I am? They said you they say this, they say that. But who do you say that I am? And verse sixteen, Simon Peter, Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, that's Messiah. The word Christ is the New Testament word for Messiah, which is the Old Testament word, meaning God come into flesh or God among us or God with us. And it says, Simon Peter answered him, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now look at the 17th verse with me very closely. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. He's revealed that unto thee. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. Now before I go any further here, let me just say one thing here. That the rock was not referring to Peter. Peter, The word Peter means stone. Like you pick up a stone like a stone. It's not talking about a rock like a foundation rock. The Bible talks about Jesus Christ being the rock. But there's more involved here than just talking about himself, too. He said, I said unto thee, there art Peter, and upon this rock, upon this, uh, there art Peter, the son of the living God, and Jesus said unto him, let me get down to where I was here. I said unto thee, verse 18, I said unto thee, there art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I want you to notice this very closely because the rock that he's mentioning here is the relationship between him and Peter. He says, Peter, whom do me and say that I am? Now, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. And he says, and I say unto you, you're Peter. You know me, I know you. We know each other. Praise the Lord. And upon this rock... Of relationship with Jesus, I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Praise the Lord. Now, I know it also means, you know, Jesus Christ is the rock. But there's more to it than that. Otherwise, why would he say, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter? Why would he say that? He's saying to him, you know who I am. I know who you are. And there is a relationship we have with each other. And it's like a solid rock. Now, I'm going to say this to all of us today, folks, that when we come to the Lord, we must build a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to build that relationship. Praise the Lord. It's not enough just to be baptized. It's not enough just to, you know, come down to the altar and pray through and speak in tongues and say, "Okay, I got it now. I can go back and sit in the back of the church and let everybody else go to the altar and pray. We can't do that. We have to begin. At that point to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is the key to everything. Building a relationship with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Establishing that fellowship, that love, that communication back and forth between us and him. Many years ago, uh we were teaching a lot of home Bible studies and people were coming into church and getting saved. We'd have revivals and then they'd pray through and get the Holy Ghost and And we had a lot of people getting saved. But I realized that these people needed to be rooted and grounded. So I started teaching them doctrine. You know, I started teaching them where the Bible says you have to be baptized in Jesus name, where the Bible says you have to repent, where the Bible teaches that we are to speak in tongues when we see the old. And the Bible is full of all these verses of Scripture. I could, you know, teach it. I could teach for a week on that every night, every week for a week you know, on all those subjects, that's true. And I, and I said, now this is the doctrine. But then I came to the place and my son at that time was coming along and was beginning to be my associate pastor and eventually I was gonna make him the pastor of the church as he is now, a very good one at that. And I was getting him ready for that. And I said, you know, we've gotta get our new converts class going back again and teaching our people the basic things. But you know what? I said, I think what we need to do before we teach them anything is to begin to teach new people to build a relationship with Jesus. And I started from there. We started from there. and We started teaching people. The first thing you've got to do is establish a relationship with the Lord. You've got to learn to pray. You've got to learn to talk to God. You've got to have devotion. You've got to read your Bible. Praise the Lord. You've got to begin to develop a relationship so that you can say, I know who Jesus is. And Jesus knows who I am. It's not like I hope he knows who I am. He knows who I am. Praise the Lord. And that relationship between Jesus and us, folks, is one of the very bases, praise the Lord, of walking with God and serving the Lord and living for God with all of your heart. Praise the Lord. So we have to start with building a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is what all the great people of the Bible have always done. They build a, built a relationship with Jesus Christ or with God in the Old Testament. And later, later on in the New Testament, relationship with Jesus, which is God manifest in flesh. Which is such as Peter and such as the apostles and such as Paul and so forth. He's one of the apostles as well. Now... Let me move on here a little bit further here. Praise the Lord. Abraham was called a friend of God. Called a friend of God. How did he at- obtain that place? By building a relationship with God so that he fell in love with God. And God loved Abraham. And when all the world was trying to believe that that, that was a God of the moon, a God of the stars, God of this planet and God of that planet and God of the sun. They had all these gods out there. Abraham said, no, no, there's one God. And he's got control of all of it. This is what with Abraham, this is what Josephus says about Abraham. And he was telling him, no, 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 God's got control of everything. There's only one God. So God began to talk to Abraham. He said, Abraham, you're right. And I'm that God. And I'm going to talk to you. And from now on, we're going to have a relationship. And he began to develop a relationship with him. I want you to look at James 2.23 with me, if you would, please. James 2.23. Praise God. And this is just a, a, a reference to this. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God. And it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Notice that. The friend of God. What a, what a title. He was called the friend of God. Who is, Who is that guy Abraham? He's a friend of God. God, God Almighty that, runs, that controls the universe. He's a friend of God. He's the friend of God. Man, what a title that was. And, of course, that comes from over in Isaiah, and I'll read the one that's Isaiah. Isaiah is one of them. There's another verse, but I won't read it. Isaiah says here in uh, Isaiah 41.8, and this is where we're reading here, Isaiah 41.8. But they are, Israel, art my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Notice that. He didn't say the seed of Abraham. He said the seed of Abraham, my friend. What a a position to have in this life that you can be said that you are a friend of God. Praise the Lord. And the Lord said that. Now, I want you to see something else here, and this comes close to home now. Uh, I want you to go with me to, uh, to John 15. Jesus called his disciples friends, and this is very important. Praise God. John 15. All oh, right, there we are. This is what Jesus said to the disciples now, and this is close to the end. Whenever he knew he was going to be crucified and he had had communion with them. And he went out from there and was talking to them. Ye are my friends. Look at that. Jesus said to the disciples, ye are my friends. If ye do whatsoever, I command you. That means that you can lose that friendship. If you don't do what I have commanded, you understand what I'm saying? We can lose that friendship. Uh, Abraham never lost that friendship. He said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Verse 15, henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father I have made known unto you. Now, folks, this is a relationship we have with the Lord that God speaks to us. He lets us know things. He opens our understanding. It's in the book. Praise the Lord. We can read it and understand the things of the Lord because we have established a relationship with the Lord. Praise God. And in that relationship, we learn to praise God, glorify him, magnify him, lift up his name. And I'll talk to you a little bit more about that in a few moments. David had that kind of relationship. Look at part C here. God referred to his disciples as friends. For C, God referred to David. Look how he, what he said about David. I'm reading here from Acts chapter thirteen and verse twenty-two. Acts thirteen twenty-two. Praise God. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto him David to be. You talk about removed him is speaking of Saul, who was a king before David. And God dethroned Saul, took him off the throne and raised up David to be their king. To whom? Also, he gave testimony. God said this about David and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Praise the Lord. This is what I know about David. He seeks after me. He wants to know me. He's searching for me. When all of Israel was away from me, this man as a shepherd boy out on the, under the stars at night and with his sheep and around Bethlehem in the valley in the daytime, uh, leading them from pasture to pasture and water and places of graze and all of that, he was worshiping God and seeking after God. And he was saying, Lord, I want to know more about you. This is what Psalms is all about, folks. Psalms is about the relationship we have with God. And it's all about how David felt and how David longed. Psalms were songs that were written. David had a harp and he would write these psalms or make songs out of them. And he'd play these songs to God and he'd sing unto God. And the Lord said, he's he's a man after my own heart. He wants to know everything about me. He's really searching for me. He loves me. He doesn't view me as a fierce God or a mean God or an angry God or a God that'll just get mad and send lightning upon you or something like that. No, no, no. He's a God, praise the Lord, that looks at me as someone who loves him. And don't you know that David was a happy camper? Praise the Lord. He was a good man and he was happy because he walked with God and served the Lord and longed for God and desired the things of the Lord. Praise God. And this is what the Lord would have all of us to do and to be. Now, I'm going to D here and I want to talk to you just or a little here about this being thankful. Be thankful for everything and give God praise and thanksgiving often. Now, folks, when you if you're just doing a silent devotion, that's good, but tell God, you're thankful. Let me just say this, tell God. You're glad he made you say, God, I'm glad that you brought me into existence. You know, we exist because he, he, he created us. He brought us into his existence. We would even be, we wouldn't even exist on this world. If God had not brought us into existence, but he brought me as an individual. Jackson Ellis Myers, every one of you as individuals, you're an individual with God, and he brought you into, you exist because of him. Everything in this world exists because of him. Praise the Lord. And as a basis, just say, God, I thank you that you allowed me to even exist. Praise the Lord. In all the universe, you made me exist. Praise the Lord. And then thank God that he gave you breath. Thank God that you woke up this morning. Praise the Lord! Thank God you're able to get up. Thank God that for your family. I'm just giving you. Thank God for your wife if you're a man. Thank God for your husband if you're a woman. Thank God for your children. Praise the Lord that you have. Thank God for your grandchildren if you have grandchildren. I've got a couple of greats now. <laughs> I say your grand, your grand, your great, your grandchildren will have children and they'll make you great. You know, you're not great till your great grandchildren come along. Then you're a great grandpa. You know. Well, anyhow, I'm just saying, thank God for all of our family. Thank God for our home. Thank God for your house. He said, my brother, my house is very home. Thank God for it. Some people don't have a house. I've been in countries overseas and other parts of the world where the, they don't have a house. They're sleeping sleeping under something, under, a, under some kind of a concrete, sleeping in concrete pipes. Sleeping under tents, sleeping under tin. I've been in uh, I've been in places where there's a thousand, like a thousand people, and they're all living under 10 huts. They're all jammed together, and they're they're in there all over the place. That's all they've got. They don't have anything else. I don't care what you've got. Be thankful for what God has, and say that. Amen. Say, God, I thank you for my house. I thank you, Lord, for the clothes that I have on. Amen. Praise the Lord. You say, oh, this is the only, the only pair of clothes I got. That's all right. Be thankful for it. Amen. Hallelujah. I went off to Bible college when I was 17 years old. And I had, I had one suit. And I had two pairs of pants and one sport jacket. You're kidding, Mother Martin. No, I'm not kidding. That's all I had. And I could change that those two sport there's a sport jacket, quarter sport jacket and another sport jacket i could change that off with another with a suit jacket and a pair of pants and i could make it look so that every day in school i was wearing a new outfit a different outfit next week i wore the, that different outfit again all week long went that way for went that way for a month or two until i was able to buy a suit praise the lord Then i wore that one especially every sunday Myers, you've got, you, you know, you've got a suit now. I know. Yeah, i got a suit. I'm wearing it every Sunday. I'm just trying to say here, I've been there. You say, I don't have any clothes. So what? It doesn't matter. I was as happy as I could be. I was in real, had a relationship with God. Amen. I'm just trying to say, just be thankful for the clothes you've got, the shoes on your feet. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Oh, I thank God. God is so good to us, folks. Amen. Thank you for your car. Thank you for your car. You say, it's smoking. I say, all right, let her smoke. Praise the Lord. It's chugging along. I say, all right, let her chug along. Amen. But I'm just trying to say here today, God help us to be thankful. And I say, oh, ma, 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 ma. this is bad, this, is wrong, this is wrong, no, no, no. When I have devotion, when I spend time with God and every chance I get, I'm gonna say, God, I am thankful. I'm thankful you ever saved me. Thank for saving me. Praise the Lord. Thank you for leading me into a Pentecostal church. Or thank you for sending somebody my way who invited me to go to a Pentecostal church. Or thank you for sending somebody my way to tell me what I had to do to be saved. Whatever it was, however it was, God was loving us. And thank you, Lord, that you saved me. Praise the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? And express that, uh, that thanksgiving. Express it. I mean, talk to God about everything you can think of that you're thankful for. There's so many things we can thank God for. Praise the Lord. You just go down the line. Thank God for the church. Thank God for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen. I thank God all the time for many of you. I, t- I call your name in prayer and I thank God for you. Say God, thank you for this sister so and so, brother so and so, brother sister so and so, and so forth. You folks have been so good to me. You've been good, good to my wife. You've been good to my son. You've been good to our family. Praise the Lord. I thank you for that. I'm so glad God put you in my life, and I thank God for my brothers and sisters. I thank God for the building we have here. I know we all worked on it, and we all, you know, put forth. But you know what? We were able to build it. We were able to do it. And God gave us this. I can remember sitting on old benches, and I can remember sitting on benches, and you'd slide a little bit, and you'd get a splinter in your leg or something, you know? I don't know if any of you ever remember anything like that, but I can remember that kind of stuff. Yeah, there we go. And I'm just trying to say, we've got padded, I say padded pews. Now we've got chairs here. They're all comfortably comfy, and and, uh, and they've and they got soft cushions in them, and I'm just trying to tell you here today, folks, so many things we can be thankful for. Praise the Lord. Be thankful, praise the Lord, that we've got rain right now. It's been a little dry, you know, now we've got some rain. Praise the Lord. And then the sun's going to come out here the next few days. Be thankful when the sun, wake up one morning and there's this beautiful sun. I'm just trying to say here today, instead of saying, oh me, oh my, Just say, Jesus, I want you to know I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the people that prayed with me when I prayed through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. People were gathered around me and they prayed with me. I didn't even know who some of them were. I didn't know who any of them were. I was brand new. I just come to church that night on a Sunday night. Got on the conviction and decided I might as well do it. This is this is it. I can't, I just can't hold out any longer. I've got to give my heart to God. God loves me and he's pulling at my heart. I went down that altar and started praying and repented and people gathered around me. I don't know who they were. I have no idea, but I thank God for them. Right. I, I thank God all the time for them. Yes. Praise the Lord. I was, I was only 16 years old then. I imagine most of them have passed on, going on to be with the Lord. You know, everything... But thank God that they were there and God put them in my life. I thank God for people I've known. I thank God for teachers I've had. I thank God for pastors that I've had. I thank God for friends that I've had. Amen. That gave me advice that encouraged me to walk on with the Lord when I felt discouraged. Folks, I cannot tell you so many people just call their names. And I'm just trying to tell you here today. In everything, be thankful. Praise the Lord. Don't let the devil steal Thanksgiving out of your heart unto God. And give God the thanks for it all because it's all from the Lord. It all comes from God. And I could go on and on and talking to you about all kinds of things that we can be thankful to the Lord for. And the devil would try to make you say, oh, you've got this problem. You've got that problem. Oh, what are you going you, to be thankful No, 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 no. Get behind me, Satan. I'm thankful to the Lord, praise the Lord, that I'm even able to lift my hands and praise Him. I'm thankful, thank God, that God is good to me. I'm thankful, amen, for my church. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for the Spirit of God. I'm thankful for the heaven that I've got, uh, the hope of heaven that I've got in my heart. Praise the Lord. So I want you to know here today that the Lord wants us to be very thankful. And this is one of the things that I really wanted to emphasize to you. Praise the Lord. Now. I'm going to turn that coin over a little bit. I want you to go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 13 here. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. And this is where any of us can fall into this situation. Thirteenth chapter of Matthew is a very interesting chapter. It's where Jesus gave the parable of the sower who went forth to sow. Now I'm reading verse 3 here. This is 13.3. Uh, That's Matthew 13, 3 through 8 I have there. He spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sword went forth to sow, and he sowed some seed, fell upon the wayside. I won't go through all the words. Look at verse 5. Some seed, some fell upon stony places. Verse 7. Some fell among thorns. Verse 8. But others fell into good ground It brought forth fruit. 100 fold, 60 fold, and 30 fold. Now, I'm pointing all this out because the sower who sowed the seed, praise the Lord Jesus went on to explain who this was. The sower, praise the Lord, is the preacher and in Jesus' case it was him preaching the word, giving forth the word. The sower is the is is Christ here. But he goes on to say also that the that the seed is the word of God. So when the word of God goes forth, when it's preached in the pulpit, when it's taught in the Bible study, even like this, whenever it's talked among ourselves, the word goes forth. Praise the Lord. It's like the seed being sowed. The ground is how our hearts are. The ground is our hearts. Now, what Jesus did was that he likened the spiritual things unto the natural things and the natural thing unto the spiritual things. The, he said that uh, you know we all know Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. Old Proverbs, Songs of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. I don't want to know any. He wrote I think about three or four books there. Uh, anyhow, Solomon was a very smart man. Jesus said a, a greater than Solomon is here, speaking of Himself. Praise the Lord, because Jesus had wisdom beyond what Solomon had. And he used these natural things to illustrate spiritual things. And what he was saying in this psalm that he was giving, this parable that he was giving in this 13th chapter, is that the sower is the preacher, the speaker of the word. The seed is the word that goes forth. But the ground, what kind of ground does it fall on? Because the sower would sow his seed and the wind would blow it and it would fall all kind of places. Some fell by the wayside. He said the wayside. If it fell on the wayside, it didn't It didn't last. And he goes on to talk about how they'd fall on the wayside and then people's feet trumpet down. And these were like people who heard the word and they never took any kind of depth at all. They just went out the door. They never, that was it. So this is not for me. They choose not to live for God right from the get-go. And there's people that do that often. And then he goes on to say, and then there are those, the seed fell among uh, the uh, stony ground. The stony ground is the people that receive the word and it begins to grow. The seed begins to grow, a little plant begins to grow up, and it begins to make a little plant begin to grow. But it doesn't have any depth because it's stones underneath. Instead of earth, it's stone. And as the roots go down to try to get a depth, it can't because there is no depth. And it withers up and it dies. And Jesus was actually saying, this is like someone who starts out with God and lives for God for a short season. Excuse me. (coughs) And then they quit living for God and they go back out in the world again. That's the sonograph. But then he talks about the other two. Now, I'm going to pick it up here in verse 20. I don't know what verses I have. I'm just going to pick it up. Verse 20 but he that receives seed on the stony ground i'm sorry i'm going to pick it up in verse 22 22 thank you he also that receives seed among the thorns this is now the third type ground the first two remember they failed god he that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. It doesn't say that this plant dies. It doesn't say that it withers away. And it's no more. It just simply says it becomes unfruitful. And then it says in verse 23. But he that receives even the good ground is he that heareth the word. Understandeth it which is also beareth fruit and bringeth forth. Uh, some a hundredfold and some six and some thirty. Now I want to talk to you about the thorns here. Because the thorny ground represents those who are also part of the church. They stayed in the church. These are two type grounds that continued to be, quote, quote, Christians. But here's what happens to this thorny ground. He that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world. Folks, in walking with God... Don't let all the troubles of this world weight you down and keep you from serving God and walking with the Lord. Now, I know that we can have health issues. I know there can be problems, situations that can arise that's peculiar just to ourselves and we have to deal with it. I understand that. But I'm talking about just letting the cares of this world. You know, the things a mother has got to take her kid to the volleyball games you got to take him to do some kind of sport activity I got to run here run there run there I don't have time for church companies come I don't have I got to stay with my company I can't go to church tonight I mean there's all kinds of things that could come into our lives and we just don't have time for God we push them aside the cares of this life And then he goes on to say the deceitfulness of riches. Some people say, I'm going to live for God, but I also want to be wealthy. I want to make a lot of money. I want to get rich. I know how to do it. I got a plan. Hey, if you've been there, welcome aboard. A lot of people have been there. You know, they think about, oh, I know how to make money. I'm not going to make money. Don't even try it. Unless God is in it, and God helps you and everything, God blesses you, you can't get the first base. That's just the devil tempting you to get into some, especially if it's something that's borderline issues that you know you should even be involved in. You know what I'm talking about? Just okay, I won't go any further. The deceitfulness of riches this is what happens to the stony ground, a thorny ground I mean the deceitfulness of riches, and then he says. And they choke the word, the cares of this world, the seed from riches, choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Now, there's an interesting thing that Mark, when he records this same statement that is said here in this 22nd verse, when Mark says it, he also mentions the lust of things, the lust of things. I'm a Christian, but I find myself lusting after something, lusting after something. And so he talks about that. Mark does. Luke talks about the pleasures of life. We can get all wrapped up in the pleasures of life. And what I'm trying to say is that instead of being thankful and appreciating God and praising Him and saying, God, I'm thankful, thank you for having a devotion time, having a prayer time, having a Bible reading time, having a church going time, having a time, praise the Lord, that you can fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Praise the Lord, instead of those valuable things being in your life, And then being able to just say, Lord, I praise you and I love you. And listen, folks, when you come to church, let's don't just sit in the pew. Let's worship God. God bless you. You are a worshiping church. And all the evangelists that come here, they see that and they know that we're all so proud of of you. But don't ever lose that. Worship God. And be thankful to the Lord. And I'm telling you, that's where the joy of the Lord comes. It comes from being happy in God and blessed to the Lord and good in the Lord. But there's always those things that would pull us away, pull us away and put us back from the good ground back into a thorny type ground. And until the thorns begin to choke, choke those blessings and those good things, <clears throat> and we find ourselves too involved in too many things that we don't have time to say thank you, Jesus. I praise you, God. I worship you, Lord and glorify God praise the Lord now I know there's reasons why some people can't come to church I realize that and I, I know that very well but folks if we're able to come to church let's come to church let's come to church somebody said oh I'm afraid I'll pick up a, a bug or a virus or something like that hey get vaccinated or something and look at, you got they got seats out here there's room there's, pl- there's places this this auditorium is big we got room here praise the Lord We've got two services on Sunday morning so that people have a lot of room. You can find, you can look around and find a place where there's nobody around you there, maybe for two or three seats. Amen. I'm just trying to say, there's no excuse and say, I want to be in the house of God so I can worship and praise and magnify God with all of my heart. God bless you. Praise the Lord. And the Lord will always bless you for it. He'll keep his hand on you and he'll never fail you never leave you. Praise the Lord. So there's all of these grounds that he gave us. Notice that the, uh, the uh, difference between the two grounds, they represented the visible church. They were both in the visible church, but only the good things were fruitful. Only the good ground was fruitful brother. And uh, this is why many thorny grounds, they, are, they become unfruitful because of all the troubles and trials that come their way. And things that will tempt us and lead us away from God. Now, let me just take a moment here and talk to you about some things that can be a hindrance. There's a scripture over in the Old Testament. that talks about uh, a man who was a great warrior in the Bible. And it's in the book of Joshua. And uh, he was... uh, He was the son of a great warrior in God. And he was a a little bit strong-willed. He was very arrogant, high-minded, a great warrior, but he was into himself. You understand what I'm saying? And he went against a certain city. And all the people in that city, the city began to fall. And this was an enemy city. He was an Israelite. And... uh, the city began to fall, and he, he uh, ran, and, and uh, the people all ran into a tower, climbed up into a tower. And uh, he got into the city, burnt the tower down, burnt all the people who was in this tower down as well. He went to the next city. Oh, he's romping. The soldiers said, man, this guy's a great leader. This is what happened to him. The people in the city ran to their tower, they got up in the tower. He ran to that tower, just like he did on that first one. This time, he didn't wait till they had secured their position to get close to the tower. He got in there fast, set fire to it, and a woman on top of the tower picked up a millstone and threw it over the side, and it went down and hit him on the head and knocked him a winding and he was dying and he said to his armor bearer take your sword and thrust through me and kill me i don't want it to be said that a woman killed me he was such a macho warrior i don't want it ever to be said that a woman killed me with a millstone throwing it off the tower and killed me and that and his armor bearer did that and he died Hundreds of years later, David referred to it. And David had some men who went against the wall of a city, and they were stricken down right close to the wall. Word came from Joab that said, David, these men have died against that wall. He said, what? You know better than that? They were out fighting. David was back home. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, what? You know better than that? He said, Remember that guy back there? He said, He went up against the wall. You don't get too close to the wall. The woman threw a stone down, and he referred to that. She threw a millstone down and killed him. See, he didn't talk about the armor bearer. He talked about the woman threw the stone down. He said, You do better than to get close to the wall. Now, let me just say this to all of us here today Don't get too close to the world. Love not the world, neither the things are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life These are of the world, not of the Father. I'm quoting here from 1 John 2, 15, 16, and 17. I'm just trying to tell you here, don't get too close to the world. It's like getting close to that wall. You never know when something can happen. And David said, everybody knows you don't get too close to the wall. Because this guy did, and he lost out with the Lord. I want to show you something in the scriptures here. Uh... Look at Joshua six seventeen. Joshua, let's see here. I wanna, this is the one I want to go to right here. Akin, yeah. Go to Joshua six seventeen and eighteen. All right. This is whenever the children of Israel were, were coming into Canaan's land, and they had come uh, into the, land of, the city of Jericho. Jericho was a wicked city, and they had marched around it seven times, and God had made the walls fall, and they went in and conquered the city. And the Lord had said to the, to the Jewish people, don't take anything out of this city, anything. Now, folks, these people, these, these Jews had been, in the wilderness, marching through there for forty years, and they had now come to the very edge where they were going into Canaan's land, and they already had their inheritance set up for them; it was already laid out for them. What, where, if, what tribe they were from, what part of the land they were? For forty years, they were waiting until they got to their inheritance. Praise the Lord! And here they were almost home, and Jericho fell. And here's what it says here. It says, verse 17, The city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that were in her house. This is because she had been good to the Jewish people. Because she hid the messengers that we sent. Look at verse 18. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing. Lest you make yourselves accursed. When you take of the accursed thing and make... The camp of Israel occurs in a trouble. Now, verse 7, chapter 7, verse 1. But the children of Israel committed a transgress in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Kabdai, the son of, Re, of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, look at that, took of the accursed thing, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. He was of the tribe of Judah, folks. Let me just say it this way. I have been there. I've been in Jericho. And I know what I'm talking about when I tell you he was 25 miles from his inheritance. 25 miles he was from home. And he decided that he wanted to disobey God and partake of that. Worldly cities things and it goes on to say what he took. I'll read it to you over here in chapter 7 verse 21 when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight. Then I coveted them and I took them behold they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and so this is what he did he took of it. I'm trying to tell you here today, as we approach our inheritance, folks, we're getting close to the coming of the Lord. The Lord can come any time. Praise the Lord. As we come close to the, amen, we're so close. We're 25 miles from home. If I can put it that way. I remember years ago, I was playing high school football over in Tampa. I played for Hillsborough High School. And I was on the football team. And I never will forget that... uh, one of our guys uh, ran for, ran down for a, 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 a an end, ran down for a touch, ran down for a pass. And the quarterback threw a pass and he caught the ball and had it in his arm. And he, nothing was ahead of him but the goal line. And we were behind. Our team was behind. And if we made that goal line, we would have won the game. We was playing Jacksonville, the Robert E. Lee High School, Jacksonville, and he was, was running with that. He was running with that ball, and he was trying to play like Johnny Unitas or somebody. and was holding that ball too far out here, and it slipped out of it, popped out of his arm like this, and he fumbled it. Twenty-five yards away from the goal line, he fumbled that ball, and the other team recorded, re- recovered it. And all they had to do was just play the game out real slow and set on the ball, and they, ran, and they won the game. And we lost it because he fumbled a ball just 25 yards away. Now, it might have been 15, it might have been a little more, 30. I can't remember the exact yardage, I don't remember that. I'm just using it for an example. He was 25 miles from his inheritance. We could have won that game. I'm just trying to say here, don't lose what you have. God has given us the greatest. We cannot imagine what heaven is going to be. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither hath it entered into the hearts of men what God has prepared for them that love him. And we have something waiting for us. Don't lose that. Don't play around with the world. Don't get too close to the wall. Praise the Lord. <coughs> love the world. And I'm just trying to say here, and I'm just... And I got another example there about Achan, the Bible, that I never can get away with Demas uh, in 2 Timothy uh, 4.10. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. I thought Demas, he was with Paul through all of his missionary journeys. He hung in there with him. But he got to looking at the world. He got to looking at the world. And somewhere along there, he left Paul and went to Thessalonica, and he went to that city and quit serving God. And, and history tells us he got into some kind of politics or something. And eventually he died and lost his soul. He was gone. Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me. Paul? I mean, to be with Paul? I mean, the great apostle Paul, to be side by side with him, to see the workings of God and the miracles of God and the people getting saved and salvation being poured out. And all the things that happened in Paul's ministry. And here, here he is, you know, right there with them. And everything, Demas, you're right there and you saw it, saw so much. And here you lost it out at the very end because you love that world, love that world. And I'm just trying to say here today, folks praise the Lord, let's keep on walking with God. Let's be that, amen, let's be of that good ground. Amen. Keep on winning souls to the Lord. Keep on living for God. Keep on working for God. Keep on walking with God. Keep on trying to get your neighbor saved, your loved ones saved, your family saved, everybody. Because one of these days, the trumpet's going to sound. Praise the Lord. Amen. And it'll be worth it all. Amen. And I just want to tell you here today that God has given us some wonderful, wonderful things. Praise the Lord that we might hold fast to. Fast food. all kinds of things can cause us to lose out with the Lord. I preached a message years ago. uh, Remember that the soft wind blows softly, a scripture out of the book of Acts, where Paul had told the people on the ship that he was on, don't try to sail, it's too late in the year. We're going to have stormy weather because it's that time of the year. But when the soft winds blew softly, the captain said, No, let's push on to Rome. And that's when they got into that storm. They, they got almost sank, but everybody was saved. And they all got washed up on an island. But it was all because the soft wind blew softly. Sometimes that world out there can just, that soft wind blows softly. But it can cause us to say, Oh, everything is going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. No, no, I'm going to keep living for God, I'm going to keep going to church. I'm going to keep holding fast to Him. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on being thankful. I'm going to keep on saying, Jesus, I love you. i want to keep on praising the Lord. Hallelujah. And if we'll keep on doing it, folks, one of these days, we'll hear the trumpet sound. Let's stand together and give God the praise and the glory. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Tell the Lord you love Him right now. Jesus, we love you with all of our heart and soul. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the gospel, Lord, that is so very, very real. Thank you, Lord, for your people. Thank you, God, for this house that we have to worship in. Thank you for our homes, our families. Thank you for our children, our spouses, Lord. Thank you, God, for the clothes on our back, the shoes on our feet. Thank you, God, for everything that you do and you give to us, God. And we'll continue to give you the praise and the glory and worship you, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Praise Amen. The Lord. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissing in his name.